We hope you enjoy this message recorded at Equipus Church in Eden. For more information, please visit equipuschurch.com. Well, good morning, good morning, Dunedin, good morning, Moskill. This is the first for me, you may sit down. Um, this is the first for me to be speaking on live stream, wow. Man, there's so many firsts on my journey. This time it's my first time in New Zealand. It's my first time in a lot of things, a first time to be that far away from home. Like I've, so my name is Pastor Simon. I'm from Flensburg in Germany and I, I'm married to Lily. Maybe you can pull up the picture um, of my beautiful family. That's not it. But yeah, yeah, we're going to get there. Sorry for making your work so hard. Um, but um, so I'm, I'm married. Well, I have a wonderful wife. This weekend, she's speaking at a women's conference in the south of Germany. I've got three beautiful daughters. So I spend a lot of time with women. There's a lot of emotion in my life. God has been using the last seven, eight years to really enlarge my emotional capacity. And on, honestly, this, it's part of God's discipleship for me. It really Really, really, truly, absolutely is. So um, it's, uh, it's really a joy to be a dad to these three beautiful princesses. But it's, it's also intense. Man, is it intense. Like just, just a single everyday morning, the, the highs and the lows of drama we get before we are able to get the kids out of the house. Man, it goes up and it goes down and it goes way down and it comes all the way. You know, sometimes there'll be like fighting, like hair pulling and screaming and occasional spitting. And then, so, and then, and then there will be these moments where like my two older ones, they will sit like and just hug and be like, oh, I love you, my sister. You are the best sister in the world. And you're like, ah. Oh. But often I end up, like, finally everything is sorted. The kids are in school, kindergarten, wherever they need to be. And I, I come into the office and I just kind of fall on my chair and have a coffee. And I'm emotionally drained for the day. <laughs> no, but, but I love it. It's such an honor to be father to, to uh, these beautiful children, to be a husband to this wonderful wife. And they said, you can go. So uh, Pastor Sam and, and Bruce, they've invited me for quite some time to come to New Zealand. Because we've been on a journey f um, for years now. I'm, I'm very closely connected to Pastor Peter Prothero in London. It's been really important uh, for me personally, but also for the development of our church. And, and Pastor Sam always said, hey, before you guys officially become equippers, which will probably happen in February or in March um, in Germany, which is kind of the third equippers church officially, and, and um, said, you need to come to New Zealand and just see what's happening there. Just, just feel the atmosphere, meet the people, see the different places where God is moving. And, and I had the privilege, I was at Axe Conference last week, which was amazing and awesome. And I thought, wow, Auckland is quite a pretty city. But to be honest, we drove into Dunedin and I was like, wow, this place is beautiful. It's, man, I don't, you know, we tend to forget it. I live, I live close to the Baltic Sea. We have a harbor and beaches, and it's beautiful there. And when you live there, we often forget uh, what a privilege it is to be living at such a place like this. So there's a reason to be thankful again and again. Yeah, so I'm, Pastor Will, 
just I want to say thank you to you and your wife Desiree for like I came into my hotel room last night and I just have to tell you something so I had a brilliant room during X conference so uh, Equipus Church they booked it for me it was it was really good and then I thought ah well I had two days I just want to be in Auckland City so I booked something on booking.com and you know how sometimes the pictures look really good <laughs> and it was clean I have to say so it was clean but the, the the shower was like just one of these heads popping out of the wall about in that height <laughs> so you know all the tall people you know my pain you kind of do like the whole <laughs> so I had this for two days and I came to my hotel room yesterday and it's it's a suite almost it's it's got two TVs and a beautiful bathroom and I felt like in heaven and I wish I could stay longer. It was beautiful. So thank you for your great hospitality and also for inviting me to speak to you. What an honor. Um, this morning, my message, the title of my message is called Positioned for Power. Because we can do as much as we can. We can try to work as hard as possible, be as smart as possible. But without power, we're not going to get far. Without power, things are just going to be hard. And, and I think all of you, we all know this. Sometimes you're working so hard, but you're not getting anywhere. You're really trying your best. You're, you're doing everything you know. You try to, to be as good as possible in whatever role you find yourself in. As a mother, as a father, as a leader, um, whatever it is. But you're not getting any further in it. And you, you, the, the, the vision you have of what you want to live is completely different of what you're seeing. And you know what the difference is? It's the power of God is missing in your life. And this morning I want to speak about how you can be positioned to experience God's power in your life. Anybody needs God power, God's power in his life or her life? Thank you. You have to put up a bit with the German accent. I hope you're fine with that. You know, you have a great pastor who, who is good in construction all this. And you, you can have the best tools in the world to get the job done. But without power, you're just like this guy. You're kind of slaving away. You're working as hard as you can. You're using all of your energy. But you don't understand the power you've got available to you right now. In this moment, there's something where you can plug in. And it's going to transform what you are able to do. And... So um, God wants to empower you to live your life to the fullest. God wants to empower you. You know, Jesus said, hey, you don't know the power of God to the Pharisees. You don't know the power of God. And I, listen, the power of God can transform not just your life, but the lives of the people around you, the lives of the city, of the people in the city that you're living can transform a region. I just spoke to somebody before the service and close to my city, there's a place called Billund. Has anybody heard of Billund in Denmark? Oh, there's one. That's great. But you've all probably heard of Lego. Who's heard of Lego? Billund is the birthplace of Lego. And Billund is like an hour's drive from where I live. And, and there's nothing there. It's, there literally is nothing. It's the end of the world. It's almost further than New Zealand in terms of kind. Of, but that city has an international airport. There's, there are massive like parks and, and, and hotels. And there's more than 50 companies that, that um, started because of Lego. There are thousands, tens of thousands of people working in that city, finding jobs. And it's because of one idea. 
Somebody had one idea and it transformed his life, it transformed the city and it transformed the region. And listen, maybe this morning you're sitting here and there's this one idea inside of your life waiting to be birthed out. And it's not just for you, but it's meant to transform a region. But listen, that idea won't come to life without the power of God. Amen? Great. So for, um, I always love these preachers that can just uh, quote all these scriptures. Like, have you heard Pastor Prothero, Peter Prothero? Yeah. He's like just, he will quote the Bible at you the whole time. And, and it just comes out of his uh, natural, of his spirit and, and the way he is. And I, I always wanted to be like that. But I read something I'm excited about and I read it again. And then I've forgotten it already. Yeah. I kind of like have the idea. I know where things are in the Bible. I'm pretty good and kind of, but it's not in, in terms of quoting, it's work for me. But I want the Word of God in my life because I know the Word of God has power. So in, in one hand, I can say, well, my brain is not kind of on. And, no, but I can say, I'll find a way how, this, how the Word of God becomes part of my life. So what I do is I pick out a passage and I will read it over and over and over again. I will read it in different translations. I will listen to it. I will read it again and again because I want it to become part of my thinking because I know what I start to think will start to come out of my mind mouth and will start to be what I live out and so I started reading the sermon on the, on the mount that's in the new testament Matthew chapter 5 to chapter 7 or through to chapter 8 and I've been reading that for months and you if, if you do that just try it revelation will come you read it and you read it again suddenly new, God will highlight new things and it will start to speak to you. And I've spoken to so many people say, well, I find it so hard reading the Bible and it's kind of, it's boring. And, but listen, give it a try. Give it a try. And I've been reading that. And, and this has actually transformed my ministry and transformed my life. Just a few months reading that passage. And um, I want to focus on two verses this morning. The first one and the last. So the first one is in Matthew 5, um, verse 1 and 2. And it says there, one day, as he, that is Jesus, saw the crowds gathering, Jesus went up on the mountainside and sat down. His disciples gathered around him and he began to teach them. And now we jump all the way to 7, verse 28, 29. It says, when Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching, for he taught with real authority, quite unlike their teachers of religious law. Listen, the words, the, the Greek word translated authority right there is called exousia. So turn to your neighbor and say exousia. Yeah, do that again. You, you can't do better. Yeah, yeah. Exousia, which means, that means power or authority. I just want to show you some, um, uh, whoops, that went wrong right here. But um, it's, it's way more than just authority in terms of knowing a lot. You know how, how you sometimes say, well, this person is an authority in this field of science or whatever. But it's not about knowledge. It's not about knowledge. So 
the words, I just read you some of the definitions of it. It means power of choice, liberty of doing as one pleases, physical and mental power, the ability or strength with which one is endured, which he either possesses or exercises, the power of authority, which means influence, and of right, which is privilege, the power of rule or government, the power of him whose will and commands must be submitted to by others, and obey. So that word authority carries a lot of power. And the people were shocked by the authority they witnessed in listening to Jesus. And this morning, I want to tell you something. Your position determines the power of God in your life. Because when we start in chapter 5, it says Jesus went up on a mountain and seated himself and started teaching And listen, when you look at, at the at prophetic language or, or symbolism in the Bible, a mountain always means a place of authority. It's a place of influence. It's a place of rule over a region. And, and a seed is also a place of authority. So it's no accident that this verse is in the Bible. It says something about the spiritual reality that Jesus is assuming in that moment right there. And there are two groups of people. There are the crowds listening, and then it says there are his followers, the disciples, who gathered around him. And listen, they weren't shocked by his authority or by his power, because they see it happening. And listen, the same word, exousia, is used a few uh, chapters further down the road, where Jesus is commissioning his disciples to go out. And he says, I give you exousia, I give you authority to cast out every demon, to heal every sickness, and to heal every disease. Listen, the power that, that has been imparted to them through their position towards Jesus is now seen in action through their ministry. Man, two people are excited about this. Woo! <laughs> um, so Matthew is using that word quite a few times, nine times in his gospel. He's using it right at the end where Jesus says, in the great commission where he gives you your mission in life, <laughs> not Will Pastor Will's mission or the team leader's mission, but your mission is to make disciples in all the earth. And, and he says, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. This is the same power people witness listening to him in the Sermon on the Mount. Thank you, Pastor. Will. Hey, listen, if you want, if you, just a little secret, if you want the best out of a preacher, just whenever something just speaks to you, confirm it. Say something like, come on, yes, Dankeschön, maybe if you speak German. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm, I shouldn't spoil the result. Huh? Can, I, can I do it? Who's, who wants to see the, the game and doesn't want to know the result? There's one. Maybe you can just plug your ears for a sec. <laughs> I watched it this morning. I didn't watch the live broadcast, but I watched it this morning when I got ready. Before breakfast, it was a rerun. And, and when I turn on the telly, um, it was so South Africa, the Springboks were leading by 30 to 18. And I thought, no, that's not good. I don't want to preach on the morning where there's this, you know, because I, you know, we get passionate about sports and it's all right. I think because there's something in us 
that, that wants to see victory, that wants to see uh, uh, just people that overcome opposition and wants to win something. You know, I know what I'm talking about because, you know, I love football and this World Cup wasn't kind to Germany. So we were, we placed last in our group. It's a, you know, that historically amazing results never happened before and it's terrible and, and, and I'm all right, it's okay. Um, you know, I'm a mature Christian. It doesn't kind of pull me down maybe just one or two hours but listen I watched the last game it was against South Korea from Germany in the World Cup and they just played awful like you know those players are brilliant and they nothing worked out and at halftime my wife said to me listen Simon you know I love you and as a husband you know you know there comes something after that statement <laughs> But, you know, if, if you want to keep on behaving like this in the next half, please watch the game somewhere else. It's not good for the kids. <laughs> like, I had to repent right then and there. But, you know, and, and I was turning it on this morning. I thought, oh, no, I'm going to preach in front of a depressed crowd this morning. That's not good. So I said, Jesus. And I, I thought that was life. So I kind of my prayer was honest and God is beyond time. You know that. So, and I said, hey, Jesus, you know, please give them the victory. And it was one of those games. And I'm, you know, in the last, absolutely last moments, victory is coming. And I love these kinds of games because this is also what our God is about. He's going to bring you in a situation. He's going to allow a situation where you feel like all hope is lost. The Red Sea is in front of me. There are mountains to the left and to the right. And the whole of Egyptian army is trying to kill me. This is the end. But God says, no, no, no. This is the beginning. I'm going to show you my power right now. And I'm going to give you a breakthrough that will sustain you for generations to come. Because I am your God. And the victory is mine. It's not yours. And I just love that. Does something with your spirit to see that. Even in sports. Like see a close victory like this. And um, so... We have, there's a position you can be in that changes the way God's power is active in your life. There's a position you can be in where you can see the things you've been dreaming of happening. Well, so we stopped or we changed our language about two years ago in my church. Because Flensburg is a region, there are not too many jobs, not too many big companies. And, and infrastructure-wise, it's not, you know, streets are not beautiful like here and everything. And, and so people will often say, well, Flensburg is a hard place to build church. People don't have a lot of money and there are lot, it's lots of unemployment. And, you know, we often buy into that. Yeah. And, so, you know, do you know how people love to talk negatively? You know, and they connect and, they, and we just start to prophesy negatively about our region, about our families, about our lives. And we said, hey, we, we're going to stop doing that. And we said, listen, so we meet every Thursday for prayer. And we call this Pulse because it's like the heartbeat of church. I don't know, do you have a prayer meeting here? So it, actually, in a prayer meeting, you can see the real size of a church. <laughs> yeah, it's ouch. Um, <laughs> So, and, and we started praying differently. We started just speaking and declaring God's promise and His victory. It just really practically into, into the business world, into education, into science and all. The, and we're seeing things happening. We're, and it's, it's because we say, hey God, your word is true. Yeah. 
And I'm going to position myself through how I speak and how I believe and how I view the area where you have planted me uh, in your word. And I'm going to see your power transform the situation. Just a, just a quick example. I have a lady in my church. She worked at our university as a, a scientific assistant or something like this. And a new, um, uh, so there was a new department created and they were looking for a new professor. And I don't know how is it, here, how it is here in, in New Zealand, but in Germany, that's a position that comes with a lot of influence. You'll probably have a staff of 50 people. You have, and, and that department would, will have a, a, um, a budget of, of several millions. So it's not just about one person actually a big thing and she felt God calling her to apply for that position and everybody said you are an idiot it's never gonna work it's not look at you look at your 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 track record at your CV whatever you, you're never gonna get it but there was something inside of her that said God has made me for a place like this and it is so it's actually a quite a long story it was a process of two years and, and almost everybody at that university, and I never knew what a brutal world academia is, you know, everybody was trying to, to hinder her from getting to that position. And it is in Germany like this, if you apply to become a university professor at one university, you have to apply to at least two more in Germany. I, I don't know why that is, but she applied to two more. And at the end of the two years, all three universities said, we want you. Wow. Name your price. We want you. And, and so she started, so she became an university professor. Do you know how it is sometimes? Yeah. Finally you see the breakthrough yeah. and then you're in it and then it's different than you thought it would be. <laughs> you're like, oops, they are giants <laughs> and they want to kill me. And this is not nice. I have to fight it. So, and, and that's, that's what happened there. Immediately people tried to, to just... They went against her. They tried to, to make her look bad. And, everything. and she was really almost, at the, almost depressed. She said, I cannot take it any longer. And we were praying together. And I just, I was like, oh God, just give me this heavenly wisdom right now. I don't know what to say. And just a week before that, Pastor Prothero, he's my mentor. He said, hey, Simon, pray for an early win. And that just kind of came to my mind. And I, and I said, hey, listen, let's pray for an early win for you. And, and in that moment, I could see hope was rising in her. And listen, hope, you know, hope is the first step to faith, <laughs> you know. Um, sometimes when you don't have faith for something, you need to go back on hope. <laughs> you need to take a step back. And I could see hope rising in her. I just said, hey, you know, whatever you hope for, you know, start praying for, pray for an early win. And I never expected the win she would get. A week later, she was sitting in her office and her phone rings. She takes up the phone and it says, this is the office of the president of the Federal Republic of Germany. He would like to meet you in person. He has heard of your work. Can you make time in your schedule? <laughs> so, the, so we, we, I don't know if you know anything about politics in Germany, but the president, he is, has more of a ceremonial role. So it's not like a prime minister, but he carries a lot of weight. So when he will enter a debate, it will really shift the, the, the language and the debate. So it's, it's an important role. And, and he's, especially in areas of, of foreign aid and things like this, the president uh, has the strongest voice in our nation. And he met with her for two hours in a private meeting. And after that meeting, because she's a professor in the area of nutrition and health, um, he stepped in front of the press 
nationwide and said, the way Germany is doing foreign aid in Africa is completely wrong and we're going to change our policy based on the advice of this professor. <laughs> and everybody had to shut up. Listen, I don't, know, I don't know what your biggest challenge is right now, but start changing your language around it. Start changing because God is unlimited. You know, he's eternal. He's, nothing is impossible. You know what the limit is towards God's power? It's your expectation. So work on that. Cheer each other on to believe for more. I've seen those drawings of the new building in Pastor Will's office. It is too small. It is too small. Listen, how many people live here? 120,000? So how many people come to church? Maybe 400. That's nothing. You need at least one or two percent. So there's a, um, when you study crowd dynamics, um, the way, so you can study, it's, it's almost like a liquid that moves. You can study mathematically the movement of a crowd. And I read a fascinating article on it that it, two percent of the crowds is enough. If they all simultaneously start moving into another direction, it's going to move the whole crowd. So you need to influence at least two percent of Dunedin if you want to change the direction of the whole region. So you need to start to believe for something bigger. You know, we, we were saying God is going to fill it. But, but are you creating space for him to fill in the way you believe? Okay. Um, I want to read you, to you a scripture from 2 Corinthians. Oh, my German is coming out. Sorry for that. I'm going to pray for myself now. Um, Paul writes to the church in Corinth. He writes, each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weakness and in the insults and hardships, persecution and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Say, when I'm weak. Say, when I'm weak. Where does your mind go? In my weakness. Where does your mind go this morning? Where's the weakness that tries to tell you that you're not good enough for this? Where's the weakness that tries to, to shame you into, into keeping your hope all small and little and not, hey, let's not hope for too much. I'm, I'm scared of it being disappointed. And this is an amazing verse. If you, so Paul writes and Paul says, man, I'm someone, I have all reason to be ashamed. And he does. I mean, he killed people. He killed the church. He has a reason to be ashamed. But he says, hey, his grace is enough. And we don't get grace. Listen, grace, often we just look at grace from one perspective. It's the grace that covers the multitude of our sins. You know, God's grace is unmerited favor that we get through the cross. That no matter what we've done, who we are, where we come from, His grace is enough. You know, we can sing, heaven lives in me. And that's just one side of the coin. The other side of grace is that it's God's power that enables you to step out in faith to see His power transform your situation. This, do you have this show here in New Zealand called The Lion's Den? No? 
So we have a show in Germany, I think comes from the US. And it's people who have ideas, business ideas, they're investors, and, and, and they are in front of some really rich people, investors, smart business people. They will present their idea, and then in the end, so they will ask for money, and in, in return for that money, they will offer certain um, parts of the company, like 10% of the company for a million dollars or euros or whatever. And I, I really like that show, because it's in Germany, we are so focus, focused on security and structure and safety, and we are not, I, I love the spirit of, of entrepreneurs that's, that say, hey, let's start something. Let's just try it. Let's just do it. And, and then bring it out there and, and, and invite people to buy in and all this. So, but it, that show one time I was watching it and I felt like, hey, this is, this, this is a bit like what we have in terms of grace. You know, you're in the lion's den. You know, there's just one lion there. It's the lion of Judah. It's one of the names of Jesus. And you're presenting your idea. What do you believe for today? What do you hope for? What, what are your dreams? Come on, Dineen, what do you dream? So, but you can't do it alone. You don't have the resources to do it. But that lion there, <laughs> he says, I'll give you everything you want. How much do you need? How much do you need? I give you everything. How much do you need? How much do you need this morning? How much do you need? But in return, he wants 100%. In return, he wants all of you. In return, you need to step out from the crowd and say, Jesus, I follow you with my life. I answer that call. And I dare to be visible in it. I dare to, to step out and say, here I am. And I follow Christ and his power works through me in my life. And I'm going to see miracles happening. And, but it's a decision you have to take. You know, crowd is comfortable. Crowd is the comfortable spot. You can, you know, observe what's happening. And I, and I love the story of Peter. I love Peter. He's just the best apostle. Huh? I don't know if you can say that. But he's, you know, sometimes he just does things without thinking about it. And we need that kind of faith. We need that kind of boldness. He steps, he's the only one stepping out of the boat. He's the only one except Jesus walking on water. You know, and the rest just stays in the boat. He says, Let's see where that goes. Uh, wow, he's, oh uh, no, I knew it, I knew it, I knew it. <laughs> Good thing I didn't step out, hey? Yeah, but, and we have that mentality. We wait for others to take the step that I'm supposed to do. But to see, welcome, but to see God's power, you need to take a new step. Your husband can't take it for you. <laughs> And your wife, can. I, I know so many couples and they are waiting for each other to step out. Like, well, if my husband would finally, you know, you know, pray together with me, then we would, you know, it's all this victim mentality that keeps us back. And we need to say, I'm going to step out. And it, it's not a safe space. <laughs> it's, and it's not going to, to be politically correct. <laughs> People will hate you for stepping out. But listen, if you don't step out, the people that need you, that need you to go forward, they will, they will never be able to step out. Yeah. So in my weakness, Paul says, and I love that he says, I am strong. Because you know what, what you know, sweet religious people would say? They would say, in my weakness, he is strong. 
It sounds so spiritual, no? Yeah, he, you know, it's all Jesus. But listen, he wants to empower you. <laughs> he wants to empower you to reach this world. <laughs> and, 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 you know, he wants, to, he wants to empower your innermost identity to understand what your position is. Because out of that position, everything else comes. Wherever your heart is will determine where, where your life is focused on. So Paul says, in my weakness, I am strong. And then he says something, for I boast in my weakness and in all the tribulations and everything that, am I, that I am in because of Christ. You know, God wants to fill a table for you in the face of your enemies. He does. But to get there, you need to go through the valley. Often we stop because things become hard. And listen, it's a bit like in video games. When there are no enemies, you're not in the right place. But as soon as there are more enemies coming, you know, ah, I'm close to the final boss. <laughs> but, but listen, you know, even if you are in a difficult situation because you said yes to Jesus, doesn't mean that things are going wrong. It probably means things are going right. And he wants to empower you to overcome that and be victorious and be in the face of your enemies and say, look, this table has been made just for me. And it's, it's in these moments that God's power becomes real for you. Yeah. Some month ago, I was in London meeting with some Equipus pastors and I was in my hotel room and I, um, and I was just praying for my church, for the people there, for the leaders. And I felt God challenging me and said, hey, Simon, what is the most outrageous prayer you could pray for your city right now? And I just felt this morning when I was praying, I, I felt the same question to you, Deneen. What's the most outrageous prayer you could pray for your family right now? What's the most outrageous prayer that sounds ridiculous that you can pray for your school this morning, for your workplace? And what's keeping you from it? Is it money? Is it time? You know, and, and you need to identify those things in your life that try to tell you a different truth than what God is telling you. You know, because you need to move away from that. And position yourself close to Jesus because that's where his power is. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, maybe if the piano player could come up. Thank you. So, uh, I don't know what, what what's the, the need. Is that known in New Zealand? Or is it a small town? Is it important? Is this, I don't know what it is, but often we find ourselves um, allowing our surroundings, our circumstances to dictate the way we feel inside, what we believe on the inside. But listen, church, you need to be a different kind of people. You need to say, hey, I'm not, the outside is not uh, uh, forming my praise, but my praise is going to change the outside. So I'm gonna, and so maybe you you know praise or maybe you don't. The thing is, uh, praise it's so important that we engage in it. And on Sunday, with music and everything, you're being equipped to bring that into your Monday. 
yeah? It's because praise changes situation. It's a, it's, um, it's a position of heart. And, and church is there that you can learn that position. But it's not for church. <laughs> it's for you to change your world. And you can't always have an awesome band with you. I mean, that would be great, you know. Talking to your boss tomorrow. Can I get a pianist, please? Yeah. Listen, boss, I was thinking that maybe I should deserve a raise. And all. Um, that would be awesome. But listen, the spirit of praise can be, can be with you. Yeah. And also in praise, like we started jumping and dancing and all this stuff. And I, I wanted to have it. And I didn't like it in the beginning. Because, you know, when you're tall, you are visible enough. Like you don't want to be too visible anyway. But I thought, hey, if I want this church to understand praise, I need to step out. And it's a great opportunity to die to yourself. It's a brilliant opportunity to just say, I don't feel like it. Great. Awesome. I don't feel like it. Let's do this because it's going to change something. And, and you need to engage. And it, this is positioning yourself uh, to, be, to get God's power into your life. It's through simple things like praise. Things like really digging into His Word. And do it, you know, especially when you find something that you don't like to do. Do it even more. <laughs> Mark Twain said a great uh, thing one time. He said, he's an American author. He said, if there's something, a big job that you've got to do at one day, eat a living frog the first thing in the morning. So eat a live frog. And so what he meant is like, Do, do the hardest thing first. So I don't know what you're pushing ahead of you for tomorrow that you try to avoid, <laughs> that you try to kind of move around. Uh, maybe the, uh, take it on tomorrow morning. Say, hey, God's power is with me. I'm going to position myself on this Monday morning close to the power of Christ and it's going to work through me and I'm going to see it happen. I don't feel like it. Great. I can die to myself and I can proclaim Christ, not just with what I say, but what people will see happening in my life and it's going to transform the situation. Yeah. Hey, maybe let's stand to our feet. Not maybe. Let's stand to our feet. Come on. If you're able to stand. I invite you to stand. We hope you enjoyed this message recorded at Equippers Church, Dunedin. We pray it blessed you. For more information, please visit equipperschurch.com.